So funny thing, uh, when you start seeing yourself on video, anybody that's listening to this, we're also on video. You can find these on YouTube. Uh, but as I'm watching myself in the monitors uh, every single you know week that we do these, uh, I notice the obnoxiousness of this thing. Uh, in, Good uh, I'm Lord, holding, the thing's huge. I'm I'm holding up a uh, a, a metal. I don't know if you call this a coffee. It's not a coffee cup, for God's <laughs> sakes. I would die if there was that much coffee. This. I have a theory though on this. Uh, as I was watching this, um, and, and I've always had water that's sitting in this cup. Um, sure you do. Sure you do. Yeah, yeah. You know that that's the story anyway. <laughs> but I have a theory, and I don't know if it's the beard or what it is. But as I'm watching myself um, in the monitors, I notice that the more empty it gets the more I have to tip it up, right? So <laughs> I, I, want, I want you to understand this. So as I'm doing this, I mean, you're like, that's an obnoxious ass looking glass, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but as I really start to, the more I tip it up, the more like a hippie I look. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but it's just the, the farther I have to go up, the more effort I have to get the liquid out of the coffee cup, um, the worse I feel about myself. Not that there's anything wrong with hippies, um but <laughs> yeah we lost yeah. we we just had like eight we, million hippies just hit unsubscribe we, nice work we we our whole hippie demographic left and so <laughs> sorry it is what it is that no no offense meant there but um i just i don't know there was there's definitely i think it's the beard i think it's the beard it's a whole vibe but i don't feel that way when with just the half tip it's the full tip when i get down to the bottom that i'm really upset with myself so um Obviously, that's not why anybody tuned in today. So what, what are we talking about? <laughs> you mean we're not going to stick to that particular uh, conversation throughout this entire time? Because I, I, I mean, we, we probably could, but, you know, <laughs> we've got something to talk about, so we should probably get to that. We do. We do. We're specifically going to talk about, because this is something that's that's it's been a really good conversation in, in our circles lately. It's about how you specifically are writing email campaigns to make sales, which, you know, you mean people can send emails and make money out of it? Oh my gosh, what's going on? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now I love it, and yes, and and stupid little stories like the coffee cup thing are actually a part of the uh, process. So it fits perfectly into. It's not just me blabbing. I promise. So let's talk about emails. How we write campaigns that make us a lot of money. What is the step by step process? That's what we're covering today. So let's dive in. Let's do it. <laughs> So we we talk about omni-channel marketing a lot around here, about all the different channels that we use to reach out to existing customers, potential customers, whoever we're trying to get in touch with. And I've heard you mention something a lot that I'd really like to kind of pick your brain about because I, I know that you've taken a, a wide, we'll call it a wide marketing approach over the years. You have, and it's but but and you've zoned into specific areas. You've zoned into social media. You've zoned into you know newsletters. You've zoned into websites, uh, SMS marketing. I mean, I could go a bunch of different directions, but I've noticed that every single step of the way for you, there's email. Yeah, emails always involved. I mean, I'm on your list, and dude, you are consistent. I mean, uh, damn near diligent about hitting that email list. And in a world where, you know, damn near everything in your personal email inbox is just spam or some list that you signed up for that and, and you forgot to opt out of. I, I, I just always wondered how you do it so consistently and how you're doing it and making money at it. So talk to me a little bit about that. What, what, what kind of led you down the email marketing path? So yeah, it, it all started a while back. Like I said, um, there was just some people I looked up to when I started like diving down this digital marketing, you know, entrepreneurial online rabbit hole. 
there was people that were that just kept saying the whole money is in the list thing. You know, we we say it a lot here, uh, and I I didn't know what it meant at the time, but like I dug in and um, I, I started to really understand very quickly the process of what they were talking about. You know, pretty quickly early on, I was like, they say put an opt in together. They say build a list of both you know prospects and customers, and so I did that, and it was amazing to me. You know, when the first subscriber came in. When, you know, the first 100 came in, when the first 1,000 came in, and it wasn't anything that I was like really good at, even at that point. I just, people were coming in because I had something to give away and they wanted it, um, you know, and that was just me talking about something I was nerdy about. And so the process was, was you know, I, I, at first I started building this list and I was so enamored with the process of how many people were on my list that I was afraid to send anything to people on the list. Well, that went on a few months and realized, well, this What's the point of paying this monthly for my email marketing software if I'm not going to actually make any money off of it? So I started writing out promotions. I started writing out things. At first, for me, man, it was other people had products and they were going to give me a commission if I sold those products in an affiliate type of relationship. And so that was the first thing. I'd find okay. I'd find a product that I liked and I'd send out some emails. And for a long time, it was, hey, here's a product. Let me send one email and see what happens. And if that goes well, I'll send another email. And like the link was in the first email, like right away, first email. Every every email I sent out had a link, and you know it was a very just uh, disorganized and not well thought out process. But I was making money, and you know that that was nice. But I thought, you know, there's got to be more to this. And for me. I tried to learn a lot of what other people were doing, but for me, the, the real learning process came from just doing it a lot. And, and you know, I've said this a few times on the pod that really over the years, uh, you know, on average, I send out an email a day, and I've done that for the last ten years. Now, that's not to say I actually send an email every day, but of the average emails that I send a week, that's about where it lands. And so, through the process of volume, you learn a lot. And when I mean volume, I mean like I wasn't sending a lot of you know the same emails over and over again. I really wanted to understand the art of this. This was something that was incredibly important to me. And so through that process, you know, I developed a style. I developed uh, a best set of best practices. I developed a set of things that we do that I kept thinking was going to stop working, but it never did. And through that process of it never stopping working, I, I started to really understand that there is some mechanics to doing this correctly. And before we get into those mechanics, a couple key things to mention is why is email different? If you do like direct mail, you've got you you put together a promotion, you send it out, you have to wait several days to even you know before it's delivered to see if it even starts to work. Um, and depending on your call to action, you know it can be a long time after that. If they're ordering back by mail, that takes a while. If they're calling, that's a different thing. If they're coming in, it's it's a different thing. But that takes a while. With email, it's it's much more instant. But let me go the other extreme. Something like text messaging, which we do a lot of text messaging. It's a much shorter message, but almost everybody that you send that message to opens it and they open it right away. Um, so with mail, it's very passive, you know, they can, you know, they, they feel like they're not being looked at directly when you're doing it with SMS. Everybody feels like, wow, they sent this right to me. Everybody sees it. It's all open. You got to be spot on and very short, you know, very short window. Email sits right. in this very interesting place and email has always been a huge, huge moneymaker for us. Email is a, is a way that I can contact somebody and, it's a little time bomb that's sitting in their email inbox waiting to go off. They don't feel the pressure of opening up it up right away. 
Um, but a ton of people open up your emails if they're interested in you, your business, your brand, or your products. And so a lot of people think, oh, email marketers are spammers. No, um, there are absolutely people that if I didn't email for a week would be worried about me. And, right. you know, that that is the process that you want to kind of create. And so as we get into this and as I kind of lay down the, the step-by-step process of how I think about writing an email campaign, which is that that was the transition for me, by the way, is how do we go from sending one email that's trying to get everything done to building up a campaign that is actually trying to do things over several days? As we go through this, that's the process that I want, I want you to talk about is like we're not doing direct mail. We're not doing SMS here, all, all of which work very, very well. We're doing something that very much lives in a place that the psychology of how someone consumes this and how someone responds to this very much is only in the email world. And so um, with all those things said, I'm going to kind of teach everybody today on the pod, Marshall. I'm going to teach everybody how I think about writing an email campaign so that we can play into that psychology of how that medium works and get them to take action and how do we actually make money on this week in and week out and how have we been doing it for over 10 years doing almost the exact same thing as we develop this system so i'm excited to talk about it yeah that's what's so crazy about it to me is that i mean over the over the last you know even 10 years think of all the new vehicles in the marketplace. I mean, just every time you turn around, there's a new, a new medium, right? So that's, what's so interesting to me is that, because I know you're a part of damn near every one of those mediums, but you have still seen such a value in your email list and your campaigns that you're sending out that you are still consistent about it. And I think it's really, really interesting. And I'd, I'd love to know just kind of your thoughts on, you know, how you're, your philosophies have maybe adjusted and changed over time and with, with the introduction and the explosion of a lot of these new, new mediums. And, you know, there are, there's a generation of marketers out there that I think that look at email the way that that generation probably looked at direct mail. Yeah. You know, like they, they probably feel like this is a dying marketplace, but you don't feel like that. And I think it's important for people to understand why you don't feel that way. So I'd, I'd love to, for you to talk about that a little bit. A very big on multi channel. Um, I, I think it's important that you are in lots of different places um, at once. Um, now, you don't want to yeah. spread yourself too thin, obviously. But um, one of the things that I realized very quickly is um, email and SMS text marketing together are insanely powerful. And you know that that's that's the thing that's really good. Um, me showing up on Facebook. And being in your email inbox and me sending a text to your phone are even more powerful. Me being on your Instagram and Facebook and SMS and in your email inbox are powerful mm-hmm. because what happens is, is your brain switches to different sections <laughs> based on the medium that you're actually communicating with people with. And so what I want yeah. to do to really like embed myself and my brand and sort of our mission is to be showing up in different places. Um, the really interesting thing, like I said, about email and the reason that it's still this thing is it's such a cash driver. Like if you, if you're actually managing this, like we may send out a text and we may get people to do something based on a text, but it's funny how even the people that come through the text that I can track with through the text, they'll still go back through the email to buy. And so it's a very interesting way uh, that all these things come together. Email a lot of times is the path that takes them finally to the purchase. And so 
that it's a very interesting way that all of these things come together. But what we find is is if they're going to the sale and we've got them in multiple lists, how much com- more comfortable they are jumping from that medium to actually putting their credit card in somewhere. And so I, I don't know all the science and the psychology behind this, but as we're tracking these things, it's very interesting to sort of see how that comes together. So that's that's the answer to that. Yeah, and you've got to be able to, you know, you got to be able to stick and stick and move, right? Yeah. Like you got to be able to to really adjust yourself along the way and figure out, okay, you know, I've got to craft this based on how I know it's going to be consumed. Yeah, and and, and it's, I think that's really really interesting. So, and, and when I talk about crafting, that's that's specifically what I know is going to be really really interesting for people to understand from your standpoint is how you actually craft your email campaigns. I, I think number one, I'd love to know. Are there any absolutes that you include in every single one of your campaigns? And then are there things that kind of shift and adjust based on what you're selling? So I I think it's always, if you can pull this off, it's always powerful to have a central figure that has a face um, Hmm. in any part of your business. And and some businesses, you know, try to get away from this, but I think even some of the biggest businesses on the planet have a face in the front of them. And that's important. The reason is, is because the businesses that have a face in the front of them, um, are the businesses that you feel like if something goes wrong, there's somebody to be held accountable. Um, hmm. The companies that I hate the most <laughs> but am forced to do business with are the folks that come off as extremely faceless. The companies that I love the most, even when I have trouble with those companies sometimes, um, I give them a lot more room because there's a face. There's somebody to complain to. There's somebody to put that on that is not just a company. So, you know... Uh, you know, there you know people that hate like Comcast, people that hate, and cable companies are notorious for this. You guys, oh man, it's we have to deal with them still, um, but they are faceless, and that hurts them in the grand scheme of things. Companies like Apple, um, companies like Microsoft, you know, companies like Starbucks. Uh, there's lots of bad things in the news about these companies every single day, you guys. But there's a central figure that you can go complain to. There's a central figure to put a human face on. So you kind of take that down a little bit at times. And so with our email stuff, that's what we want to do too, is almost every single email that I send out, I like to have some sort of personal story that is embedded in the campaign somewhere. Now that may be in every single email or it may be in the first and second email in the campaign. But the idea is, is I want something personal just like how we start all these podcasts, like you know, we don't want the whole thing. Whole we don't want anybody to think our whole world is business because it's not. And no. you know, nobody listening to this, their whole world is business. And no. you've got a very personal side to you. And so we think it's always important to give off some of the things that probably should end up on the cutting room floor, um, especially <laughs> stupid conversations about coffee mugs and things like that. <laughs> but but the idea is that there's something personal with each one. So embedded in every single campaign that we do, we like to have personal stories of our company figureheads. Now, you know, when I'm doing things for other people, that's something we look for is what are personal things that we can put in about this person? Because when you can embed those things, it makes the company by proxy more human too. And those are some things we want to do. The other things is we always want to end our emails with a call to action. Even if there's nothing to click, even if there's no number to call, we want to give them something that is important to do next. Now, that may just be, hey, tomorrow, watch your email inbox for the next email. That That's a call to action too. Or, hey, if you want the next email because you're interested in this topic, 
hit reply and type this word in your reply. Those are things that are super important. Never send an email out that doesn't have some sort of call to action at the end. And sometimes that call to action is just make sure you're at your inbox at this time, you know, and this day. And that those are those are key things. Within that, within that, in between those two things, which is your kind of your personal opening and your kind of your ending, which is a call to action, that's where everything sort of changes from email to email in a campaign. And we'll go through that is what my process is with you. But in that sort of middle section, you want to do a few things. You want to typically teach someone something or lead them to something that does teach them something so that they can act on this. And so this for us, um, even if you're thinking like, well, that, that's good with you and your information business, Ben, but what, you know, I run a, uh, I run a restaurant or I run a clothing store. There's so much you can teach me if you run a restaurant or a clothing store. Like, teach me what wine pairs with your, you know, with your food. Teach me, mm-hmm. um, you know, how, what shirts that I should pair with this pants. And, and so that's the, that's the thing is there's so much that you can embed that is teaching people how to do something in between those sections all through your campaigns that leads them to sort of the next step. And of, of course, that's going to lead to what do we actually do in a campaign and how does a campaign stack? But, but that's the start and sort of the base thinking behind it. Yeah, and of course, those are all you're you're stacking those things. Stack is the perfect word because you're stacking those things because es- essentially what you're trying to get to is a sale, right? Yeah. You're you're trying to get to what what am I trying to put in your hands? So, what are you specifically in your email campaigns? What kind of things are you selling? What kind of products? What kind of offers do you put out there? And then what kind of uh you you know you have any tricks that kind of entice action yes. from those that are actually reading your emails? What kind what kind of what kind of tricks you got? So, a lot of the things that we teach are very nerdy and very detailed. So I teach a lot of digital marketing, uh, very much focused on people that are expert at some at something already, but they're wanting to get it out to more people. And so maybe we're teaching something about social media, how to get in front of more more of your, your clients, right? Maybe we're teaching yeah. how, how to actually build the membership area with your course, how to shoot the course, how to do a podcast to promote. The there's so many pieces of that puzzle that you could take on. It doesn't have to be complicated, but there's lots of opportunities to teach these things. The problem is, is a lot of times the nerdy parts of what we're doing, if I just put the product in front of you, you wouldn't understand how something that seems to be a very basic problem at a limited, shallow understanding translates to you needing to know all these things that are sort of the big benefits of our program. And so when we get into a program, there's all these things. And it's like, if all you have is a very surface understanding of the problem, I can't exhibit why each of those pieces of this thing that I'm about to sell you are valuable. And so what happens during a campaign is we are trying to get people to a place to where they're educated enough to know why what we're actually doing by the time we drop the link for our thing that you can actually buy it, why all of those pieces of the puzzle are valuable. And so an email campaign is very simple. You attack a problem at a very surface level in the front part of your campaign and you educate someone all the way through to where they are educated enough to understand the problem that they see the value of this very intricate or very well thought out solution that you've put together whether it's software whether it's your food whether it's your clothing whether it's you know a, an information program like what we sell which is how to stuff and that's what it's really all about and so as we cycle through that program and I very much have a step by step of how you know this email is supposed to do this this email is supposed to do this but that's what it's supposed to do 
you take somebody from a very surface level understanding of a problem, educate them to the point to where the only way that they could actually understand it is to have that background information. But then the only way to actually get, hey, this is – I'm really going to understand it is to click the buy button when they get at, at the end. Um, unfortunately for me, a lot of times I'm really telling a lot of the story before anybody ever has to buy it. I don't mean actually. Unfortunately, it works really, really well. But the idea is where <laughs> a lot of people hold back. We give away a lot of you know, how to actually fix the problem, even in an advanced level, right inside of the emails. And it's funny. The more educated someone actually is, the more we tend to sell at the back end of it. So th- that's the start of it. I uh, obviously can get more detailed into timing, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you touched on something there that made me think of something else too. So uh, obviously a lot of times when you're writing email campaigns, you're you're focusing or you're targeting something very specific that, you, that you're trying to sell within that email. But then a lot of times I think from, from watching your emails – you're trying to lead me down more of a path to to get to that. You know, we've talked about it on other podcasts, trying to get to that pot of gold somewhere along the way. And this is one of those breadcrumbs that you're dropping along the way. So talk about that psychology a little bit and how you kind of you could walk that fine line of kind of leading me to 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 a sale. So let's start at the beginning. Let's say that you're on an email list and you're interested in, you know, let's say some sort of you know digital marketing to grow your expert based business. Right. And. The first thing, let's say that I'm selling a product that at the end of the day, at the end of this campaign, I am trying to sell something that is going to show you how to get in front of a thousand people this week using Facebook that are targeted for the thing that you maybe have you already built a course on. Maybe you've got something, but you're trying to get in front of people now. So let's say that my program is I'm going to help you to get in front of a thousand people this week that are targeted, that are potential buyers for your thing. That's the end result. As I put that product together, there's going to be pieces of this thing that are very difficult to understand why they're important because all you really need, all you really are thinking of right now is how do I actually get in front of my customers? You don't care. You don't care about yeah. it's Facebook. You don't care about this is how many posts you should put out. You don't care about the software that it should do it. You don't care about any of that. All you really care about at the very surface of this is how do I get in front of customers? And so, Email number one, subject line number one, I mean, it's going to be a variation of this. It'll be a little more clever than this. But the idea is how you get in front of fitness people that want to lose 20 pounds this week because you're a fitness instructor, right? Like this is where we get more specific. How do you get in front of those people? Okay, well, the problem you have is I don't know how to get in front of people. I don't know how to get traffic. I don't know how to drive traffic to my offer. So at a very surface level, that's the problem that you understand, you probably don't understand a lot of the pieces of the puzzle. So we would open up that email. If I can get you to open because that's the problem, you want to solve that problem, that's the surface level understanding. You open up the email. Hey, been here, and uh, this week I am, you know, I'm in San Diego. We're at a conference, and I'm just something about me that's personal. So you know I'm an actual human being and not somebody that sits, right. sits in a dark room typing emails out all the time. Uh, <laughs> so we open up with that. And then I say something to the effect of today I want to tell you about one of the easiest ways that you can get a ton of traffic in front of your offer, even if you've never done it before. And so big promise, big, you know, open topic. There's not a lot of detail. And then what I want to do is I'm going to start to say is you probably realized that social media is a great way to do that, but maybe you don't know where to start because there's a lot of options. What we have found is Facebook is one of the most effective ways to do that. You know, you can build out a Facebook page. You can do a lot of things, but there's still a lot of things that you can do on Facebook. 
inside of Facebook, one of the most effective ways that we figured out how to get in front of people is actually with Facebook groups. Okay, so notice what I'm doing is is I took a very broad topic and all of a sudden I take you from how to get traffic to, okay, down to Facebook, down to Facebook groups. We've made the problem much more specific. Facebook groups are, and I'll, I'll list some benefits of like why Facebook groups are a great thing. And then I'll basically talk about, now that's all well and good, but you may not know how to build a Facebook group. You may not know how to actually get your offer in front of people, get people engaged Tomorrow in an email, I'm going to explain specifically the five things that you need to do to put together a Facebook group that you can fill up with buyers quickly and after you do that, how to get them engaged and actually in a buying mode. Okay, well, so what actually ended up happening is is if you were paying attention, I took you from I need traffic to the most important thing in my world right now is I want to know how Facebook groups work and how I can grow my business around them. (laughs) So we've, we've taken this big problem and we've basically closed it down to something very specific. Okay. This is the solution to your problem. It's this thing. You're going to open up the email tomorrow. The, the, the thing is at the end of that email, my call to action is if you want the, if you want this next email where I'm going to explain Facebook groups and why, you know, they're important for your fitness business or whatever we're doing, make sure you hit reply or make sure you open up your email tomorrow at 11 a.m. Okay. Hmm. So we've taken this problem. We've made it, we've taken a big thing. We've made it much more specific. The next day subject line, very much locked into what you're expecting to see, which is how to do X with Facebook groups. Simple. Okay. Now in this email opening up, Hey, hope you enjoyed the email yesterday. If you happen to miss the email, let me link you back to the email. I actually link to the previous email so they can get caught up if they happen to miss it. There you go. From there, I'm going to give out the step-by-step things at a very 10,000 foot level looking down that you need to do to attract people to your Facebook group that are in your audience, put people in the group, how to get them engaged, and then how to get your offer in front of them. Just like five bullet points that are like, here's the bullet, here's a little blurb on it, and bam, that's what we got. So now you have a, you have literally, you have a guide that is going to give you that. So we're teaching again. At the end though, I say, we're doing something big this week. And we're actually opening up a training where we're going to be teaching the specifics of this where you can actually look over my shoulder. So instead of this very broad explanation, you can look over my shoulder and see exactly what we're doing that. Make sure you watch your email tomorrow. We're going to open it up. By the way, this is something that we're only going to be doing for 20 people. You know, If you get in, great. If you don't, sorry. But 20 people tomorrow, 11 a.m. What I'm doing at the end is I'm giving them a reason to show up right at the time. I'm giving them a bit of scarcity that says we're o- we really are only doing this. You got to be honest about this, but we're only doing this for this many people. Make sure you're there. So you're giving them a reason to actually take action at a specific time. So that's how we get mm. them to the next one. The next one is we have created a world where we went all the way from I need traffic for my offer, I need traffic for my thing, down to Facebook groups, down to the specifics of how the Facebook groups works, but at a 10,000-foot level too. If I want the if I want the punchline to this joke that you've been telling for two days, I got to buy. <laughs> I got to buy. Right. That's the only way I'm going to close that loop and get the punchline. Anybody that doesn't is left thinking, I wonder what's inside. And so we started to create this world. And that's the thing. Even with something like physical products, is this is where a lot of my folks get lost. It's like, well, how, do, how for my business do I do this? You know what? Teach me how to pair an outfit together and then link me to a page where the outfit's already there. You click buy and you've got the outfit in your size. Like step-by-step teach me stuff. You know, food-wise, teach me how to pair something, you know, 
teach me into the specifics of what goes into it, why it pairs, the history of it, and then bam, lead me to the deal where I get a deal on this thing. You can do this for anything if you really think about it. I get to the, the day of, hey, the day's finally here. I've been telling you about this the last few days. We don't link back to anything because in this email, you only want one link, and that is to your buy page. That's the only solution, okay? So we've been talking about this the last few days. This is, you know, this is for anybody that's trying to grow their X business with this. Here's what we're doing inside. I list out the features and the benefits of the product that we've got actually in the email. And I'm telling them, hey, this is what you're going to learn inside. Now, if I just sent this email, the value's not there for our audience because they went from this, okay, well, why is why is Facebook groups? Why am I why do I care about Facebook groups? Why do I care about these these things? I care, I just need traffic. They may not connect that, okay, this looks like traffic, but like how do I what is this? But we spent two yeah. days setting the stage. So this when we actually list out the features and benefits now, somebody understands why that's valuable to them because they've been following this story for the last two days. From there, we call them to action. We send them to an order page. A lot of times, we don't send them to a full sales page. It's literally just a page that sort of reiterates the things that they're getting, and this is how much it costs. Buy in. When they buy in, they either get what they're getting from us right away, or we send them to a page where we're doing a live call. We do that a lot, and they'll get the replays after. So we take them to that page. They sign up. They've got one of their spots. Now, from there, if we don't sell out, we're going to continue to send emails the next few days. And a lot of times what I do, let's say that I do this on like a Wednesday was the opening, a Thursday was the second, and then the cart actually opened on a Friday. A lot of times I'll take a break on like a Saturday because I know people are busy on a Saturday or I know people just need a minute to not hear from me. (laughs) They've been hearing (laughs) from me for the last few days. Give them a break. I'm okay with letting the list kind of cool down for a little bit because I've been hyping them up. Plus, I'll still get bleed over sales probably from that first day anyway. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to do something on Saturday, this is what I highly recommend or not Saturday, but like on day four, go to your email autoresponder, click, um, click the button where you can resend to all the people that didn't open the email. That way you're not bugging the people that did, but you can hit the people that didn't open up the email and that still gets more traffic into your world without bugging, you know, the people that have already sort of taken advantage. Okay. So if you still haven't sold out by the next day, this is where you want to close. Okay. And this is where I'm going to literally give a countdown as to the time before we close or the amount of copies that are left. So I'd wake up and I'd be like, all right, at noon, this is how many are left. Six o'clock, this is how many are left. Nine o'clock, this is how many are left. If there's none left and you've sold out, you can stop sending emails. But if there are some left, you do it until you close and you sort of get to the end. Now, how this is going to actually work for most businesses is the first day that you open up the cart is going to be about typically around 40% of your sales, okay? So 40% of your sales. Now, this will vary a little bit, but 40% of your sales. The last day where you're having the three emails to close is going to be around 40% of your sales. Sort of that in the middle is around 20%. And when you first do this, it's going to be like, oh, we sold out the first day, we closed it. That's fine, close it. Don't take more sales. Close the thing down so that you're like locked in and you have the integrity of what you're doing. If it takes you to the end and you don't make it all the way out, maybe your pricing was too high. Maybe you you should have decreased the amount of copies that you were actually giving out. But the key is, is that's how it works. Like we've been doing that for probably, you know, I think it took me, it could be a good two years to figure that one out and to really dial it in, emailing daily. But once we got that in for the last probably five, seven, eight years, we have run that 
uh, almost weekly, either in our business or in a business of a customer that you know we're helping with their email stuff. And time and time again, that process works. Now, some weeks it works more than others because the product is a better fit. But when you yeah. fit the product correctly and you're emailing out that way, that is a great follow-up. Now, some people are listening like, oh my God, you're emailing out a ton. Don't people like leave your list? Well, some do, but that's okay. But the core is, is we're making sure that we're reminding people that this is happening. There's a lot going on in people's lives that keep them busy and they're not waiting just at their email inbox for us. And so the reminders keep them in the pocket of knowing, okay, this is it. And hey, are you running out of time? This is your last chance. Cool. That's what you have to do to have a successful campaign and to remind people, hey, if you want in, you better get in. Because like I said, I, I can't say how many times I've had people that are great customers of ours and they didn't buy into the last possible moment because they had something going on that week. And so it's super important that you give yourself multiple opportunities once you actually open up that sale to actually close that sale down. And over the years, we have run a variation of that campaign over and over and over again. And uh, I keep thinking it's going to stop working. At this point, I'm like, this is never going to stop working um, as long as we actually run this. Now, the cool part about this is, is whether you're doing email or doing anything else, whether it's SMS, running a variation of that, obviously you can't type out as much as you can in an email, but running a variation of that is key. If I was doing text marketing and that was the same campaign I wanted to do, I would literally link my text to a small web page that had the copy of my email. And you can run the same sort of campaign with text doing that sort of thing like that. And will people leave your your list? Sure. But the conversions will far outweigh the you know what you're losing there so hopefully that makes sense yeah that's really great it really impressive because i mean essentially for anyone that was just listening for the last you know 10 minutes or so that you really just mind mapped your entire process i think that's so cool that you gave people the uh the insight into that because it is it's, it's incredibly impressive but it's also really well thought out and something i noticed too because I'm obviously an avid follower of your emails too something i noticed is you have a very specific style so you know i'm a I have a journalism degree, so I pay attention to these kind of things. And I noticed that you do things differently than I've seen a lot of people do from a style standpoint. You, Number one, you, you've got a lot of personality in your emails, and I think that's a really, really impressive piece. There, the, you, you do certain things like you capitalize certain words in certain <laughs> spaces, and you, you underline things, and you bold things, and you italicize things, and I notice that all the time, and I always think, I know there's a reason behind it. I know there's a psychology behind it. So talk a little bit about your, just in general, your writing style and why that's important to, to your process. Um, this probably has more, my, my style has probably more to do with some issues that I have mentally. Um and just to kind of get inside of that, I have a very tough time and always have with focusing long enough to read certain things. Um, and I'm sure, sure somebody out there right now is diagnosing me with something. And please do send it my way. Anything helps. <laughs> right. Anything that helps. That's good. But I have a tough time focusing on the written word if it's not formatted a certain way. And so for me, I like the way that I read best is when I have short paragraphs and I've got things that cue me is into like the most important parts of things. And so in my emails, obviously everything's a very much a short paragraph. 
it's also very heading based. And so when I bold something, it's it's meant to if you all you did was you read the subject line and you read the bold pieces of um, the email, you would know which sections you wanted to jump to first. The idea is a lot of times people read my emails, they'll jump to the bold section that they want, read that and be like, okay, I got to read the rest of the email because this this is this is for me. So I very right. much think about it like like a newspaper would be. Um, I think about it like if I read the headline, I know what I'm getting. If I read the first paragraph, I have a summary of what I'm getting. If I have, um, if I just read the headings of things, I know what I'm getting. But hopefully, that entices you to read the whole thing. And so, yeah, for me, I have a really tough time, even with short paragraphs, sometimes focusing and it keeping my attention. So after I get done writing an email and getting done with what I want to say, I will go back and I will try to say, okay. What are the things that like I need to tie my brain to that are important? And I'll go in and underline, I'll bold, and I'll do some things through that. And then I look back at the email and I think, okay, is this easy for me to jump with my very attention deficit disorder brain and still consume what this is about even if I can't read every single word? And Right. I, I would love to tell you that that was like some super conscious thing that I was like, oh, this is how everybody will consume this. But it was more <laughs> or so of when I went back to proofread myself, I would get so bored reading myself that I couldn't get through it. And so I built in these little things that helped me to get through the proofreading process. And in turn, what ended up happening is, is a lot of my audience, I realized, is exactly programmed the way that I am. And hmm. so – it helped them to sort of consume these things. And it's always amazing to me when we actually track, you know, how much of these things people are reading. Uh, they read a lot of it and, and I don't write short emails. And so that that's the thing that, you know, any style that I have is actually me compensating for something that I think is broken <laughs> in my brain. And uh, luckily for me, it happened to help a lot of other people to consume what we were trying to get across to. So yeah, it's not when and I didn't know you were going to ask that. Uh, I haven't really thought about that in a long time, but I think that's where it comes from. Yeah, it's I mean it's totally true and you're right. You've you've identified now that you've got an audience of people that are very similar and and are and are reacting to things the same way and I think that that speaks well for for the process you're you're following, but the campaign success too. A lot of times, I think is going to be attributed to that. So, uh, talk about too. So, I I think it's always interesting email when you when you get into email. Of course, you you've basically laid out the entire structure of your emails and how you kind of go through a campaign. What about analytics? What about when you get on the back end? of emails, do you still find yourself kind of relying on like traditional methods? Like, you know, obviously you talked about examining subject lines, whether it's tracking open rates or click through rates, or are you strictly focused on, Hey, did this freaking email produce me some money? I mean, I mean, what's kind of, where, where's, where's your focus lie from an analytics standpoint? Um, from a lot of the tools that I started using before we moved over to customer engine exclusively, um, I was very aware that a lot of the analytics that were built in were false. And, that's mm. that's not the fault, and I don't want to like lay down on anybody that we've talked about in the past that we used as an email campaign provider. What happened is something very interesting along the way, and, and some, of course, deliverability is something that I have to be very focused on. Uh, over the last little bit, Apple made some changes to this thing, um, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, Gmail made some changes to how they do things. And between Apple and Gmail, uh, those are like a lot of your huge, huge chunks of like who provides uh, email stuff. So. As yeah. they sort of updated their privacy things and they tried to get rid of sp actual spammers, um, which is a good thing, um, you start to see numbers you know, shrink and balloon. 
But you also see analytics problems, meaning like it actually did get delivered, but they didn't track it. And so a lot of the ways that we actually track this stuff, um, you can run into some problems. And, you know, recently my deliverability bumped way up in some of the things that we're doing. And I'm not even talking about in, in our customers and stuff because we're using a different app. I'm talking about like some of the stuff we've been using for years because I'm not in just one place. I, you know, even though I own a platform, yeah. I am never just in one place. And I think that's important too. Always have backups of your list in different places because things happen. And, you know, in the digital world, you got to have that. In the real world, you got to have that. But I think the really interesting thing about this is, is, is as all of this is evolving, the tracking is getting better on both ends. And so one of the things that I'm really big on is first thing is what's the end result? Did we make money? I can really measure money in my bank account. Um, that's, (laughs) you know, I, I, that's, that's the easiest way for us to do that. Um, but I also, you know, how many people got to the webinar sign up page and signed up? How many people got to the, to the, the buy page? I can check those stats outside of my email program and that tells me something. And so yeah. I, I, you know, I know if we were sending to this many people, this many people actually made it to the page. I can do some very rudimentary numbers. If this many people, we sent to this many people, this many people made it to the page, this many people bought, I can track that. But then you jump into the internal email stuff and, um, they're always, all of us that are, you know, have an email platform or a text platform, we're always trying to improve these stats to make sure that they're more accurate. It's when you're looking at these things and you see a drop, why? And I think that's very, very important uh, to understand. One of the things that we started doing a long time ago to up those rates is we started getting people to reply to us more. That was big. Hmm. We started putting those things yeah. in the emails. We're like, hey, if you want tomorrow's email, send hit reply and send this back. And what you start to find out in email marketing is that when somebody replies to you, that sends a signal to both Apple, to both Gmail, and any other providers that, hey, there's a two-way conversation going on here. And what happens a lot of times is with brands, they're never asking for a two-way conversation in email. That inside of the algorithm is incredibly important. So every so often, just sending an email that is completely different but ask for a reply, maybe you give them something for that reply – is going to boost the amount of people overall that see your stuff. Because here's the other thing. As Gmail starts to see that an an email from this address, which is my address, is hitting more inboxes of people because they're hitting replies, things like that, they're going to say, well, this must be a legit thing. So they're going to start taking me out of spam, taking me – because you guys wouldn't believe how often a legit email gets thrown into spam. I mean you would believe because we all live there, right? We all live there. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea is how do you actually put yourself in a position where that doesn't happen if you're sending out mass amounts of emails to lots of people on your list who did sign up to your list? They want to hear from you. Making sure that more people get your email, reply back to you, and want to hear from you, send signals to these tools that, hey, we should actually deliver this to more people because this is a legit two-way conversation happening with this mass of people. We need to make sure this gets through to more people. And so – those are some right. key things that uh, that we try to focus on. Obviously, you could get into. I, I'm no, you know, I, I'm no one that is going to tell you that I know everything because every network is a little different. Apple's different than Google. All those things are different, but I do know enough at this point that if you just take care of a few of those core things, you know, you're you're going to end up um, getting in front of a lot of your folks, which is incredibly important at this point. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, seeing your methods and for, for making sales with emails just in general is just a really, really cool, especially for me, because, you know, we worked together for, for a long time now and, and so much. And I've been, you know, kind of ingrained in this, but I, 
it's really nice to be able to kind of like peel back the onion a little bit and figure out, you know, the reasoning behind your actual methods. And because I, you know, there is a madness and there's a method to it. And it's, <laughs> it's really cool to be able, really cool to be able to see that. So any nuggets or advice you, you want to leave people with, uh, you know, for anybody that's out there putting, putting in the email grind and, and maybe not seeing all the positive results that you're seeing any, anything that you could, you could leave people with? Sure. I think this is the easiest way to start. There are so many businesses out there that have been collecting emails and they've never done anything with them. And I'm not even talking about like a form that uh, you have on the internet, but like maybe you've got paperwork that people put an email address on. Compile those. Take a week and get somebody on your team or you do it and put those emails into an actual system and put it into a place that you can actually do something with it and send out an email just letting people know what's going on in your business right now and what the latest thing is that you're doing and you'll be amazed at how quickly your phone gets ringing um, and people get started. I, I Over the years, the thing that, like like you said, some people don't see email for what it is because their primary traffic driver is Facebook. Their primary traffic driver is yeah. Instagram or it's TikTok. And so they, they leave this email thing behind. But if you just take what you already have or you put one little piece of the puzzle in and you get people through the door, it is just insane how quickly we have changed businesses overnight by starting to send out emails to people that are on we're talking double and tripling their monthly revenue just because we introduced that one component and a lot of the businesses we do this for had the list already it was already there <laughs> so I, you know my my you know leaving advice for everybody on this is we gave a lot of how to write these things but you don't have to be that technical to start just start communicating with your folks via email with the list that you maybe already have and you're going to see just crazy things start to happen in your business. And I, I listen, everybody I've ever talked to that we did this for didn't believe me at first. And I've never walked out of a business that we did this for that they weren't like, oh my gosh, how much money have we left on the table for all these years? And so my advice is put it together, get started. You don't have to be perfect. Just start communicating with people that you know either you have on a list already or start building a list and you're going to see some great things very, very quick. 